Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Welcome to this special episode of Homeopathy for Mommies. Today, we have a special guest interview with Paola Brown from Americans for Homeopathy Choice. Before we start this interview, we wanted to let you know about Sue's upcoming live homeopathy basics class on February 20th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. In this live two-hour Zoom class, Sue Meyer will go over the basics of using homeopathy and ensure that you leave the class feeling confident in using homeopathy with your family. Sue will talk about how to choose a homeopathic remedy, how dosage works with homeopathy, potency, how to know if a remedy is working, what interferes with remedies, aggravations versus proving a remedy, and much more. The best part of this class is a live Q&A with Sue at the end of the class. You can sign up for this class by going to homeopathyformommies.com backslash basics. And now, here is our interview with Paola Brown. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. And today, we are going to jump on a different track, and we're going to actually interview someone. I've never done this before, so you have to bear with me. Today, we are interviewing Paola Brown from Texas, and she is spearheading basically a fight to keep homeopathy in the hands of the little people. I'm really proud to be here with her today, and our friend Joy Rhodes is with us as well. She's also asking questions because she's as inter- interested in this as I am. Fact is, she's a real fighter for the whole homeopathy, I don't know, plan issue <laughs> to keep it. Like I say, it's, it's us moms that are the ones that really, really care. You know, the doctors and, and, and chiropractors and other homeopaths, they don't really care that much because they're not going to lose their homeopathic remedies. It's the mom that are going to lose the, you know, the right to have their homeopathic remedies in their home or to order them on their own. So it's a really touchy issue and it's one that's very near and dear to all of our hearts. So with that, I am going to ask Paola how she got involved with homeopathy. Thank you so much, Sue. I appreciate that introduction. So, I mean, I think I have a similar story to a lot of people. About eight years ago, I was pretty darn sick. I was suffering from an autoimmune disease where my bladder was bleeding internally and there would often be visible blood in my urine. And I, you know, went to tons and tons and tons of conventional doctors. And I think this culminated in a visit to the Mayo Clinic where I spent two weeks there. And my big takeaway was that they could not help me. They could give me a drug that turned my urine blue and that might make my hair fall out. I'm like, that's like my one true beauty. I can't, like, this is my one good thing I have going for me. So I- And this is from the Mayo. This is from the Mayo. And and they really, they literally said to me, I actually had a really great doctor. I was very impressed with my experience there, to be honest with you. And a doctor, he, he took me by the hands and he says, you are doing a better job managing your illness than our drugs would. 
and and he's just sent me on my way and i really i th- i was thankful for that permission to kind of move on and it's it's a little silly that i had to wait for that permission but i i did and and i was grateful for that so my mom actually raised me on homeopathy. We are immigrants from Brazil and we came when I was three years old. And so for a long time, my mom knew that we wouldn't have health insurance while my dad was going to college and, you know, getting a, a real job and stuff. And so she brought a homeopathy kit with her. It's very common in Brazil. And she just doesn't know anything about it. She just would open the book and pick a remedy based on the symptoms and move on with life. And so we did that for a long time. But then as soon as my dad got a job, she threw the kid away. <laughs> she thought, <gasps> I know, that breaks your heart. I'm like, mom. And wow. she's like, I'm so sorry. She like regrets it so bad today. But at the time she just said, you know, I just thought we finally have health insurance and I, and I could give you the quality care that I'd always wow. wanted to give you, you know? So it's just, bless her heart, you know? But she did a good thing for me because she planted that seed in my heart. And so when I walked out of the Mayo Clinic, I was ready I was like, what about that stuff my mom used when I was a kid? Maybe that could help. And that's how I found homeopathy. And um, I remember the first time I took a pill, a homeopathic pellet, I put it under my tongue. It was cantharis, you know, great bladder one. And I had this flashback to my childhood. I was just like, out of body. I was like, oh my gosh, I remember these, these pellets. I remember them. And so you know, the rest is history. It's transformed my life. My family and I I have not taken like a single over-the-counter or prescription medication, pharmaceutical medication. I mean, supplements is different, but you know, in six years. And I am so thankful to homeopathy because it's given me that power. So that's, that's how I, that's my journey into homeopathy. So wonderful. That is so exciting. Yeah. Great. So why don't, why don't you tell us how you got involved with this FDA issue? Okay, so it's really important for me to say this up front. I am just a mom who said yes. I am, you know, and there's pros and cons to this, okay? I've, I've said this before. I'm not an expert in the field of homeopathy or, or even politics. I mean, you know, I like to point out that I am an educated person. I don't, you know, it's important for people to know that mothers who use homeopathy are actually very educated. I have a master's degree and I'm fluent in three languages. Okay, so... <laughs> But I will say that mothers are predominantly the people who use homeopathy in America. And just like Sue said, I mean, like, as you were saying this, I'm like, yep, that's right. Because educated mothers really love using homeopathy in our homes. And it gives us that feeling of empowerment and it gives us empowerment and options at our disposal. And this is huge for us. So, you know, right after Christmas, uh, or I'm sorry, right before Christmas, the FDA came out with a draft guidance and it's titled Drug products labeled as homeopathic. And basically in a nutshell, what that means is if that document is ratified, it does threaten our free access for Americans to have access to homeopathy. But this is in addition, this this document is in addition to regulations that are right now limiting our access to homeopathy. And I can go into that in a little bit. So when they did this, you know, right before Christmas, they've poked a big collective mama bear and we were not in hibernation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so the day after Christmas, me and several moms that um, we've, we've been learning homeopathy together, we got together and had our first meeting and we decided to call the organization, why not? Americans for Homeopathy Choice. And we started to identify what we want to do in regards to the FDA. And, and I, I like to say this, Sue and Joy, it is very suspicious to me that the FDA came out with this regulation right during the Christmas season when moms are the most busy and the are most so. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and oh yes, they know what they're doing. 
Yeah, that's right. And I said, we said as these moms, we said not on our watch. So within two weeks of our first meeting, we'd fundraise $2,000. We had our website, homeopathychoice.org up. We completed a three-page guiding document that challenges the FDA for creating illegal regulations and proposing more illegal ones. And guess what? We're already on Capitol Hill. We have a congressman that has written a letter to the FDA and, um, but I will say we need a lot more support and we're getting a lot more ideas. I was on the Robert Scott Bell show and he really thinks we need to look at the executive, the head of the executive branch, you know, Mr. Donald Trump is himself. And he, he seems to think that maybe Melania has already tried and used homeopathy because, you know, she's from Europe and it's so, there you so go. common there. So, so oh, we're yeah. to broaden our, our goals. So that is wonderful. Oh my goodness. I'm really impressed. Thank you. <laughs> I know, Joy asked, because like I said, I, I don't do a lot of web surfing as far as, you know, what's going on in the world. And Joy kind of keeps me updated. And she asked me if I would be interested in interviewing you. And I'm like, so then she sent me a little clip and I was really impressed with what you girls are doing. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot you. say it enough. It's like I said, I wish we were a little bit, you know, on this a little bit a while ago, but mm-hmm. <laughs> better late than never. That's so right. I just, and that's, this is probably a good area to plug in for all the listeners that we have. And we do have quite a few now. And these are, like I said, almost all of my listeners are homeschool moms. And we most live on very limited incomes. But if everyone just gave a few dollars, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, when we get to the end of this interview, um, Paola will tell us where we can donate to. And so if we can all just, you know, if everyone could just even give $10, just $10. I know it's not going to break anybody. You know, we might not be able to have ice cream on, you know, Saturday evening, but it would really help. That's right. This fight. So let's keep that in mind. With that, I want to ask um, Paola to back up and tell me what the FDA has been doing to date. Yeah, I think. uh, Surprising us with this at the end of just at Christmas time. Right. I I think it's really important to look at what they have already done because, you know, when you look at what they're proposing, you might think, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. Well, let's look at what they've done and how that has impacted the industry because that kind of sets precedence for, well, if that kind of sucked, then maybe this is going to suck too. You know, it kind of helps draw those lines. But when you download the FDA's press release right now from the beginning, you know, you know exactly where they're going. It says, and I have, I have a little quote here, the FDA has developed a risk-based approach. And then they say to create actions on homeopathics that potentially pose a higher risk to public health. So in that document, they use the word risk 17 times, okay? This is a highly suspicious press release. Let me help you understand why. Because first, by the FDA's own definition, homeopathy is completely non-toxic. So I struggle to see what the risks are and what they're so concerned about. Then, this is the worst part though, they, they make this claim and they know what they're doing. They make this claim and then the media picks up on this. And, and the FDA is focusing on a few categories of remedy, no sods. Um, they're looking at combination remedies, a few, you know, a few little categories, but the, the media picks up on this and they broaden it from these little categories to homeopathy as an entire whole. And they are saying things like, this is an article from NPR, the FDA cracks down on homeopathy. Then you have CBS News saying similar things, Fortune Magazine. And then if you look further down, even NBC is saying FDA cracks down on snake oil homeopathy. So we're not delusional here. What the FDA is doing is launching a smear campaign, okay? 
And it's really unfortunate that they're doing this because in all honesty, for the past 80 years, or I guess technically 75 years or so, homeopathy has had a really good relationship with the FDA. Um, You know, like for example, originally, and we'll talk about this, the FDA created the HPUS and it gives standardizations for creating homeopathic medicines. So, you know, we don't want someone in their basement making some creepy homeopathic remedy that's not properly diluted. You know, we want a standardization of the industry and they had that set in place and it's been working for 80 Which years. Which we already have. Mm-hmm, yes. Exactly. It's been right. working for 80 years. And I think in 1988, they added a few things that have also been very helpful to the industry. But since those that time, we have not really needed anything else to make homeopathy safe. The FDA comes in, they make sure the homeopathic manufacturer is preparing the remedies according to HPUS guidelines. I mean, the HPUS even has a table that says how low you can dilute. Like you can't have arsenic and mother tincture because that's kind of poisonous, right? So so they have a minimum dilution <laughs> table that, that we need to follow. And I think that's great. That's good. We like that. We want to keep that, right? But but I don't know what is so concerning now about this, you know, because it's it, if, as long as we're following those guidelines that were set, there's no need to add additional guidelines. So, you know, I was watching this, this documentary. It's called Death by Medicine. Aspirin is associated with 1,600 deaths a year. Ibuprofen, they said, was associated with 25,000 deaths a year. And homeopathy is completely non-toxic and generally safe. So it begs the question, why now? And it's right there on their website. Homeopathy has grown into a $3 billion industry in the USA. And some sources say that's exaggerated, but no doubt homeopathy has seen a growing embrace among Americans, especially over the last few years. So I think that's the enchilada. That's the issue. I totally agree. You know, you used to, you couldn't even find it in CVS or Walgreens. And now you can go down the road in little town Amherst where I live, you know, where there's just one grocery store and one stoplight. And at the CVS, I can go in and get homeopathy if I need it. So it has grown most definitely. So what is one of our biggest concerns regarding the issue with the FDA? Okay. So the biggest issue for me, honestly, is that families and even people who are loyal to the homeopathic industry, they don't realize how serious these regulations are. You know, some people believe that maybe we can work with the FDA and massage these regulations. And what's happening is we don't, there's, there there are regulations that have passed that we hadn't, I had no idea could hurt the homeopathic industry in the way it is. So here's, the example I have in March 2017, the FDA created a regulation. They said homeopathic products need expiration dates on the bottle. So this is after 80 years where homeopathy has not needed expiration dates, right? And oh, then and this for something that doesn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So so you know, people, we have that spirit of compromisation and we don't want to just, you know, say, no, this is a terrible idea. So they're saying, well, you know, it, it sounds pretty innocent. Just add an expiration date. I like to say no harm, no foul, right? nothing could be firmer, further from the f- truth. And I have two reasons. First, it's illegal to, to do that to homeopathy. This is an important point to understand. Congress set forth in 1938, the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. It's called the FDCA. And within that act, there are two books, the Homeopathic Pharmacopoeia of the U.S. That's what, we, what we've been talking about, where it standardizes homeopathic medicines, how they can be prepared, how much you can dilute it, how little you can dilute it. Then they have the second book, the USP, the home, the United States Pharmacopoeia. And that outlines different conventional drugs and they have their own rules. So the only reason homeopathy is in a separate book 
from conventional drugs in the USP is because Congress understood that homeopathy was its own system of medicine. It has different rules. It has different scientific proof. And that's why they've got to be separate but equal. <laughs> so, con- wow. so, so then what happens? To force homeopathic medicine, which has been known for 80 years, to be stable in excess of three years, so it doesn't expire, to force it to adopt expiration dates similar to those required by conventional drugs, because you know, in the USP, conventional drugs contain chemicals and alkaloids and they need stability testing. So to force that USP guideline rule onto the HPUS violates the law. The law indicates that homeopathy under the HPUS is separate. And for that reason, the conventional USP rules should not apply to homeopathic medicine, but that's what they did. And it's illegal. So that's the first issue. I'm so impressed. How about you, Joy? <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. I, I, she's actually teaching me a lot right now. I'm, I'm very <laughs> impressed. And I, if I'm learning like crazy right now, I can't imagine the rest of the America isn't as well. I mean, I, I didn't uh, know this either. I, <laughs> I don't feel like I knew this. I, we embarked on this journey and we started talking to people in the homeopathic industry and they helped yep. us understand. And so we're saying, okay, yep. we got it. Okay, yep. but here's the bottom line then. Okay, so it's illegal. Oh, well, it's not actually preventing my access to homeopathic medicine, right? So maybe this is just like one of those stupid regulations that really doesn't impact us. Okay, again, nothing could be further from the truth. In the short term, we may not notice. But let me tell you what's happening behind the scenes that we can't see right now. Homeopathic manufacturers now need to provide ongoing stability testing for homeopathic medicine, even though, once again, the remedies have been known to... Um, for over 80 years to not expire. So ongoing stability testing is costly. Okay. So big companies like Boron, maybe they can, they can, they can survive that, but it's a small manufacturers that are going to really struggle. So then on top of that, clerks, like the local stores at, at Walgreens or, you know, um, your local pharmacy stores, the clerks are checking the expiration dates on the homeopathic medicine and they're pulling perfectly good homeopathic medicine off the shelves because of the date on the box. Now, the small homeopathic manufacturer has to replace those products and their products, they don't get purchased at the same rate as like Tylenol. So there's another stress. They're having to replace homeopathics faster than they're selling them and they can't keep up with that. So this is in addition to the expense of stability testing. And so it's, it's really concerning to me because people don't realize what a huge impact a small, innocent little regulation like this has. And I like to do the analogy about the frog in the water. So this regulation puts the frog in the water and it slowly warms up the heat. And then one little regulation after another turns the heat up a little warmer, a little warmer. And before you know it, the industry's dead. Yep. Wow. So that's, yes, I can understand what you're saying completely. I also want to go back to what you were saying that the article about, um, I think it was a, someone that you had mentioned because it talked about um, the snake oil homeopathy. Yes. I did NBC. Okay. And I had, there was another, and I, I don't even know where it was. I just j- read this article and I probably got mad and <laughs> deleted it. I tend to do those things, but <laughs> this article was a doctor stating, and I, I was, I think he was from Children's, and he said, we can't wait to go after the people who are pushing these snake oil remedies. And he actually said, go after the people. So, you know, and that's, you know, a bit mm-hmm. disconcerting. 
to those of us who are always endorsing homeopathy and trying to, you know, put it into the hands of the little people. So yeah, yeah that's I right. can understand. People think that our, our system of medicine is anti-science and they're right. It is very anti-USP science, right? but it's not anti-HPUS science. It's a different right. system of medicine. So of course it's, an, it's maddening that they can't understand that it works, but it's because they're looking through the wrong glasses. They need right. to put on the homeopathic science glasses and then they can see what right. it is. You talk about how they're comparing homeopathy to pharmaceuticals, regular pharmaceuticals, the, um, I told, I was telling Joy this, that we will put a link on there to the FDA, the transcript that they had, they had doctors from all around the world in inter, being interviewed, you know, why should we keep homeopathy in the hands of little people? Do you have that? We, uh, you're well, talking that about the mock trials in 2015. Yeah. Wasn't that, and so I, I thought, people might want to read that. It's over 300 pages. And so we'll put a link on as well to that because like you said, they were just, it was, all they're doing is comparing it to their pharmaceutical standards. And it's, it's, it was ridiculous. It was nothing but it was, it was a mock trial is what it was. And these doctors, these, these very reputable homeopaths that have cured thousands and thousands of people from all kinds of diseases, Mm -hmm. they were being made literally made fun of in that transcript I was I told my husband I said oh my gosh and back when I read that right after when it came out I said they have no intention of keeping homeopathy they're they're making a facade of this entire it's it's just a joke it's a jester's court is what it is well, so, I listened to the speech given by Peter Fisher in particular, and he's the, the homeopath doc, homeopathic doctor who is the Queen's physician in okay. the England, right? And I agree with you. I mean, they had such an intelligent argument, but you know, and I appreciate the struggle here because let's let's even, you know, it's like the the people listening to the trial also need to kind of get an education on homeopathy alongside because we have this um, frame of reference that's so allopathic, allopathic and conventional. It's hard. So that's why I go back to let's not defend homeopathy in and of itself. This is illegal. Okay. Forget that you have to kind of understand what we're talking about to be convinced that this is, this works. If you want to regulate homeopathy, you can't do it like this. It needs to be an act of Congress to do this. But the concern to me is constitutionally speaking, we're allowing it to get broken. And we yep. can't allow that to happen. So right. to me, I think it's the, the best way to simplify the argument is to look at this is against the law. Right, right. So. I like the way you think. Okay, Joy, <laughs> I'll let you ask her another question here. So tell us more. What else has the FDA already done that injures homeopathy? Okay, so, you know, we just talked about expiration dates and how that's a strain on the industry. And I, and I need to tell you that, you know, one of the things that, the, one of the ways that homeopathic pharmacies are trying to overcome the, the financial strain, these, not pharmacies, homeopathic manufacturers are trying to overcome the financial strain these regulations are causing is they're pulling their lower priced items off the shelf. And we've seen that with Highlands. They pulled their teething tablets voluntarily off the shelf because of the strain that, that you know, the, the market is having and they're, they're trying to adapt to survive, right? So let's talk about another strain. So um, let me introduce, there's two different government agencies that are involved. We have the FDA, which we've been talking about, Food and Drug Administration. Then we have the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, okay? 
So the FTC came in and they said, okay, homeopathy isn't being labeled correctly because they look at, you know, truth in advertising and things like that. And they said, this labeling is bad because it's confusing the consumer. (laughs) Wipe a tear. This is not fair for the consumer to think that they're taking a drug with scientific proof when they're actually taking a homeopathic medicine that which I think they think sucks. So they're actually taking a homeopathic medicine that doesn't require double-blind placebo study substantiation. Okay, so forget the fact that when individuals take a homeopathic, they're taking something that has no side effects and that they can actually uproot the issue in the first place. No, no, we're going to worry about the square peg of homeopathy that can't fit into the round hole of conventional drugs. So after the FTC's workshop in 2016, this is their conclusion. The FTC concluded... um, was that next to each claim on the bottle, the homeopathic manufacturer needs to have a new disclaimer, something like there is no clinical substantiation approved by medicine. So on the bottle, the homeopathic manufacturer has to say that their product sucks. And they have to say that (laughs) twice. Okay? (laughs) So... So then the American Homeopathic um, Association of, sorry, the American Association of Homeopathic Pharmacists say, let's change the wording. And we haven't heard back from the FTC yet. But again, what the FTC is requesting, you guys, is illegal. According to the HPUS, products can be substantiated based on homeopathic theories and provings. And we don't need, you know, the conventional standard medicine to substantiate the indication, which is what the FTC is saying about our labels. If we don't do that, we have to put this, we we suck twice on the label. So they're pushing the boundaries (laughs) and we honestly need to reverse that. So the FTC's illegal labeling requirement, it sets precedents that homeopathic manufacturers should actually be spending a couple of a million dollars per homeopathic product to run the modern day conventional science kind of testing. That's the only way they cannot put those that on their label that they're not good, that they're no good, right? So they need to either spend, so it shackles them. Either they spend $2.5 million to substantiate the claims and remove that we're not a very good product, you know, on the label, or they have to say they suck twice. Okay, so if your blood isn't boiling, I'm going to get it to boil because the problem gets worse. It also creates a conflict between the two agencies, the FDA and the FTC, because the FDA FDA says it's okay for homeopathic products to be substantiated by homeopathic theory and provings. But the FTC is pushing those conventional testing methods, um, even though the FDCA law is supposed to limit that. So... This is all covered on our website, homeopathychoice.org, if you read what we call our guiding document. But I want you guys to know, I'm not, I'm not um, overstepping here by saying this is absolutely illegal, okay? There is an attorney um, named Paul Rubin, a ropes and gray attorney, and he said at the FTC workshop, he said that this conflict between the FDA and the FTC poses, quote, legal and policy challenges for the FDA. And they said this is, quote, contrary to congressional intent. He says, quote, it violates the FDCA, okay? And if one attorney isn't good enough for you, there's another attorney in that FTC workshop that is, is saying similar things. And I was on the Robert Scott Bell show and that I was on the second hour. The last 15 minutes of the first hour, we have someone else saying the same thing. 
So we are not delusional. This is absolutely illegal and it is hurting homeopathy. So. Wow. Question. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so totally. how does the FTC's, <clears throat> excuse me. So how does the FTC's substantiation requirement injure Americans' rights to have access to homeopathy? Okay. So this is where it gets even worse. The, con- the conflicting labeling directive between the FTC and the FDA, it's created confusion in the marketplace, okay? Because people are saying, wait, wait, can they say that, you know, homeopathic provings and theories substantiate this headache claim? Or do we need to have, you know, the 2.5 million double-blind placebo studies to say that they can put that on the label? So it's created confusion in the marketplace. And this isn't the only regulation that has created confusion in the marketplace. There's other ones. But the confusion in the marketplace from this regulation and others has opened the door for predatory lawyers to launch, you guys, just in the last few years, 75 frivolous class action lawsuits. These lawsuits, so because the the FT, you know, especially the more recent lawsuits because this, this labeling requirement came out in 2017. So these lawsuits see the regulation. They use that to attack homeopathic manufacturers for things like false and deceptive advertising because these homeopathic products don't have that conventional science, you know, the double-blind placebo studies to back it up. So now they can, they can sue. And 72 of these lawsuits have been settled out of court for substantial amounts of money. So now they're going to keep, they're going to keep coming after more homeopathic manufacturers because we're making money off of this, right? So keep in mind that the majority of homeopathic manufacturers are small businesses. So these lawsuits, they've resulted in significant consequences. The first one we've already talked about, homeopathic companies have stopped selling their lower priced and slower selling products, right? Yeah. And then another one is they're withdrawing from the US market completely. So Heal already withdrew a few years ago. Nova, TJL just pull, is just announced that they're pulling out. And then many retailers, like your local pharmacies, they've reduced the number of homeopathic products they carry. So each of these, you guys, this is, this is the bottom line. Each of these reduce the rights Americans have to access homeopathy, forcing them to settle for conventional health care. They're forcing us to take conventional drugs. Yep, yep. I know. It's... It's crazy. I know. Wow. <laughs> I know. And You're it's giving scary. us a lot to think about here. I know. You, you guys, please. It's just, like, wow, my head is spinning. <laughs> go hug your kids after this interview because it's kind of depressing. I mean, seriously. I and what am I going to do? I literally, the, the, one of my other big takeaways from going to the Mayo Clinic is that I can't take antibiotics anymore. Mm-hmm. My doctor says you need to avoid that like the plague because of the reactions I've had in the past. Wow. Wow. So what am I going to do? I know. So again, you know, if you want to kind of get this in in a nutshell, go to our website, homeopathychoice.org and read that three page guiding document because it's all right there. And, and, you know, we're learning as we go, we're, we're adjusting, we're tightening our, our argument, but, but that's kind of the foundation of it pretty much. Right. Right. Wow. What do you think, Joy? (laughs) This is a, this is a bit much. Did you know what we were getting into here? I did. And you know, I, you know, Sue's not on Facebook, right? <laughs> Everybody knows Sue's not on Facebook. So I monitor everything for Sue and I send her these things. And um, it's, it, I was watching your first Facebook live and was just, it just was mind blowing because all the stuff, you know, you just get enlightened about how everything works and how things are supposed to 
be and and how things are you know going and I think what people really want to know is what action steps they need to take. You know, what exactly can they do in response to this and not be hopeless, but how do they take steps to get involved and get active? And um, why don't you tell us things that you guys are encouraging folks to do? Okay, great. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we need to get from this. Because if you're mad, we need to use that energy. (laughs) Because according to homeopathy, if you suppress your anger, it becomes (laughs) chronic. So, so we can't suppress it, okay? So so this is what we want. This is what our organization wants. Right now, we want Congress to question the FDA and hold them accountable, as well as the FTC. But right now, the FDA has that, you know, we have until March 20th to respond. So Congress needs to get the FDA and the FTC to reverse the regulations that have already been passed, which violate the FDCA law. And they need to stop the proposed ones from going through, okay? And and on our website, homeopathychoice.org, we have all the tools you need to help us do that, okay? You can write letters or copy and paste our letters that we've chosen some selected politicians. We, We have a handful of politicians that we have researched and we feel will champion this to the FDA. Now, the thing is, you can't just write to any politician. You're supposed to write to the ones that are in your area. But the ones we've we've identified in step one are actually willing to hear from anyone anywhere in the United States. So they're like our focus group, okay? We have people like Orrin Hatch, Mike Lee, Ron Paul, um, Rand Paul, uh, and then Andy Biggs, who, who is on that list, Okay. And then if you live in Arizona, California, Colorado, Oregon, New Mexico, Utah, and Texas, we actually have a special list for you because (laughs) your states rely heavily on natural medicine and you guys have a vested economic interest in the survival and well-being of homeopathy. And we've identified congressmen that are local to you and senators that are local to you that are on the FDA's oversight committee in those states. And we need you to contact them because they don't want to hear from everyone in the United States. And so if you live in an area where you have an oversight committee member in your area, you need to like go like storm and notify (laughs) your friends in that area so they can hear from as many people as possible because we need people on the oversight committee to be aware. And then um, also, I, I want to say this too, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, different homeopaths or different homeopathic organizations are interested in what we're doing. We are listening. We are ready to open dialogue. We would love to join forces with your organization and contact us so we can combine forces. And we are listening. I mean, through this process, we've gotten some feedback. You know, originally we wanted, you know, maybe different, different call to action and we corrected those and adjusted as we went. So we are listening and we're willing to, but, but you know, to us, the bottom line is that this all has to be stopped. I don't want to edit the regulations. I don't want to massage them into something that might be safe. <laughs> we want we want to body check the FDA and the FTC. So, awesome! Wow. And then um, I actually have one more thing that this is kind of new. I was on the Robert Scott Bell show, like I said, and and we have. He told us we need to get a hold of President Aid. Donald Trump himself and Melania. And listen, like we, we have just chewed over this because we know how divisive Donald Trump can be. Like you bring up his name and everybody's mad. Right. And, and to us, (laughs) that's true. Half the room is mad. How about that? And they're not just a little bit mad. They're really mad. Right. So, so we have hesitated, but at the end of the day, this is our president. He is the head of the executive branch and he can, 
according to, you know, I don't think he's aware of this and he has been trying to reduce, reduce, reduce regulations. And so I actually think we're lucky that this came out during his administration because he wants to stop regulations. That's his theme. That's what he keeps saying. So we need to like him or hate him. We got to take advantage of that. And so he's on Twitter, you guys. And so we have, we have some action steps that you can do on our website to try and get his attention on Twitter and to try. And I, I really do think Melania might know a little bit about homeopathy or she might use it. Robert Scott Bell said the same thing and we need to get her attention, you know, to, to get them to listen. So, you know, if, if, if you're listening to this and you feel like we're trying to shoot for the moon, we are, but guess what? When you shoot for the moon, you land among the stars and we can, we can get some good stuff done. So. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that is awesome. You, you just have done such a good job of just basically summing up this whole icky, icky problem. I know I, I tell people all the time, you're going to lose it guys. (laughs) Get your remedies and have them on hand. Yeah, that's right. And and I I still say that everybody should have what they need, you know, on hand for themselves and for their children. But like I said, we can't lose the right to use them as we see fit to pass them Mm -hmm. on as we see Mm -hmm. fit to, you know, it's, it's a very, very scary, like I said, situation and the whole frog in the, in the pot scenario, you know, that's exactly how, we've lost so many rights in this United States is the right. frog in the, in the pot. Cause we, we don't right. speak up. It's like, Oh, you know what? I'm really busy. This, this doesn't right. have anything to do with me, but it does. It has everything to do with all of us. And so I'm, I'm very proud of you. I, I really you. am. <laughs> Thank you. And believe it or not, I hate confrontation. If you knew my, my constitutional remedy, you'd be like, wow, you really don't like confrontation. Right. But I will say if you are having conversations with people about this and, and they're trying to debate that homeopathy is snake oil, that it doesn't work. You just need to redirect the conversation. You guys, you just need to say, you know what, this really isn't about whether or not you think homeopathy works. If you don't want to use homeopathy and you want to stick to your conventional drugs and your antibiotics, I think you have the right to do that. This is really about me having the right to choose what I think is best for my exactly. family. And so that's, that's really where you need to redirect the conversation because homeopathy is non-toxic. It's used all over the world and I get to have the right to use it. Right. So. Exactly. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate this. I, I really do. It's, it's exciting to see so much fire in the belly of someone. I just, you don't see that too often nowadays, you know? Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, there's, it's not just me. It re- I really have an awesome team of mothers and, and people who are helping us and, and not just mothers. We have some men who have stepped up too. And, Wonderful. and really it's just, it's a great movement. So please support us. We do, like you said, need a little bit of donations because the more we get into this and the more we need, you know, to hire a lawyer and do different things. And so we do need those, you know, the $10, the $20 that you can donate, but then go to our website and, and step up and follow through with our action plan. So, right. Well, I I thank you so much, Paola. Thank you. Keep up the good fight. Thanks. We'll talk to you. We'll have to interview again in a few months, just after things have settled down and we won and, you know, talk about how you actually did that. (laughs) Okay, great. I love it. I love the positive perspective. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.